just a bloke in a bar. What is up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to another episode of Packer Up, boys. And that's right. I know you're waiting for it. That beautiful sound. Oh, yeah. There it is. Oh, Ooh, that's good. That's bloody good beer if you do ask me. That's right. Packer Up, boys, always brought to you by Bloke Beer. Get in your local, grab a case of Bloke Beer. It's a beer for battlers. It's beer for blokes that turn up for family, mates, and good times. And it's a beer that you know where it started. It started in the heart of rugby league. It's the beer of Australian sport. So if you haven't given it a try, get in your local. Grab a case from your local celebrations. IJ Plus Liquor, Liquor Legends, Porter's Liquor, Bottolo, you name it, it's in there. If they don't have any, just ask Wiley. Could you order some bloke beer in? And look, it started... An Aussie beer started by an Aussie, just a butler, a local from the country of Gold Coast, (laughs) from the country. Um, So go and grab a case of bloke beer and give her a try, guys. And what's the, it's the best deal in history. You get a podcast, you either get a free podcast and a beer or arguably a free beer and a podcast. I don't know which way you (laughs) want to look at it, but it's not a bad setup. It's not a bad setup. And also what other beer love sport the way we do? No one comes close. We live and breathe it. It is the beer of Australian sport. Uh, wow. Maddie, how you going, bro? Hello. I, in the lead up to the grand final and like during the final series, I was thinking it's going to be good to like, you know, the season's finished. So just kind of take a breath because mm. everything's very hectic. I mean, I'm not complaining. It's the best thing ever, but it's literally like five days after and I'm like, fuck, I'm already, what are you keen for next year? No, I was <laughs> driving home yesterday. I'm like, oh my God, normally there's a game on tonight. Mm. Now there's nothing. Zero. Oh man. But as always, guys, put your worries aside. Tough week. Boss being an absolute punish. Just chill, baby. Just chill. You got a family. You got a wife. You got a partner or whatever. Just enjoy their company. You got some children. It's the weekend. The weather's beautiful. It doesn't, you know, put the worries aside. If it doesn't, if you're not getting chased by a metaphorical lion right now, <laughs> don't worry, baby. It's all good. It's all good. So sit back and enjoy the weekend. You've earned it. And there's no point about stressing about the future. Uh, also, if you're going to have a punt, you deal with Sportsbet. Packer Up Boys, proudly brought to you by Sportsbet. Obviously, only punt what you can afford, guys. Gamble responsibly. You win some, but you lose more. And if you're going to have a punt, you make sure you deal with Sportsbet. There's internationals coming up, plus other sports like Cricket World Cup that just started last night. And we know Sportsbet love their cricket. Hammy, he's a big cricket man. I've never, like, I mean, I've, we've only known Hammy not that long. Mm. He, like put up a story yesterday watching Sheffield Shield, which like yeah. about a hundred people watch. Yep. So hopefully we can get him to spend some more time on the Monday show to talk a bit yeah. of cricket. He loves um, cricket. And look, sports bet, as I said, sports bet love cricket. So you're going to have a punt. You do it with sports bet and a massive thank you to sports bet. They keep the lights on. They support us all year long, guys. And I cannot express to you enough how important that support is as a young, small company trying to make it. Uh, so as I said, if you love to have a punt, you do it with sports bet. Obviously, only within your means, guys. Don't go silly. Don't go crazy. Just what you can afford. A little bit of fun here and there. Oh, man. Another week done and dusted. I'm a week away from the grand final now, and it's definitely eased the pain. The pain mm. has eased substantially from, I'd say, Monday, Tuesday, even Wednesday. Now I'm in the Friday zone. The pain's subsided. Yeah, but not to be the bearer of bad news, but you've got a whole summer to think about everything uh, that could have been. No, nah, I'm past that. I'm past, past it already? That. Yeah, yeah, for sure. For sure. There's not... I mean, I guess they I mean, they couldn't have played much better. But, like, what's the point? Like, it yeah. happened. 
you could you could look at what ifs in every game. What if you know no short dropouts? I know that's been a big talking point. It's like, bro, like come on. If he pulls them off, he's a hero. Well, what was the game? Maybe it was, it was the against the Warriors where he had incredible sh- the kick, yeah. the dropout that went out, and we got the ball back, and we all frothed. Or was it? On sorry, it. it was against the Storm. I think it was against Melbourne. The yeah. Storm, and everyone frothed it. Yeah. So it's like you know. It's very easy to look back in hindsight. Now, I will say, I do think the last 20 minutes we could have been smarter with the way we played. But yeah. again, like this this group of men have not been in a grand final before together. Yeah. That's what, that is why every year you hear all the analysts say, oh, grand final experience, grand final experience. Um, yeah, the old, you got to lose one to win one. Obviously, that's not like completely, completely true, but it kind of is in a way. I think like maybe with a young side, it could be considered yeah. relatively well, look, true. I mean, look at this Penrith team. They won three in a row, but yeah. they lost their first one. And they got they came out and played like almost, you know, Broncos were good enough to withstand the Panthers' attack, but they came out and almost played as bad as the Broncos played in that first 20 minutes. If you remember, the mm. first half of the Panthers versus Storm, they got oh, yeah. touched up. Yeah, it was. I think it was 20-0 and then... Pap scored yeah. after, so it was 26 nil in the 45th and, minute or something. And so, you know, you look at that and you go, it is eerily similar. The, the Broncos very, came out, very much so. completed at 40%. So, you know, I, as I said, I'm really, really proud of the boys and the way they um, they spent the, like this season. It's been an incredible season, incredible season. I've got a, a crazy stat that got sent to me, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just sent it to you boys in the group chat. But, okay, so I don't, I'm not on Twitter, so I don't know. I don't, you Probably know. keep it that way. So... <laughs> It's sports industry at footy industry AU. Got sent this screenshot of him. So it is quoted on Foxtel. It's likely that even with the new estimated streaming information that Broncos were the most watched AFL and NRL club in 2023. So I think what he's saying is, is like maybe even with KO data. Yeah. um, Anyway, so you'd assume it would be relatively similar. You wouldn't say it was a a huge swing. You know, most, most people watching sport on Foxtel was, you know, you'd say it'd be similar to what they're watching on KO as in the amount oh, of yeah, people. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, so this is most watched teams, AFL and NRL. So people listening, AFL and NRL. At number one, Broncos. Two, South. Three, Storm. Four, Cowboys. Five, Panthers. Six, Eels. Seventh, AFL Magpies. Eighth, the Dolphins. Ninth, the Sea Eagles. Tenth, the Raiders. And the next AFL club is 18th, and that is Carlton. Yeah, that that stat blew me away. I did. I could like. I'm not surprised that the Broncos won because two reasons. Well, three reasons. They made the grand final. They're a huge club, but also they were easily the most exciting team to watch this year. And also, by they're, none. They're easily the biggest club. Like, and, and I huge know, club. Yeah. I mean, look, look at the biggest two clubs are one and two. So like, it it, it makes. Yeah, but I, what I'm saying is, is they are the biggest club with the biggest fan base. Yeah. Like, and they have. It's just like not even comparable. It's yeah. honestly not even comparable. And that's because they were a one team town for so long. Yeah, of course. Also, even a one state te- um, team. Yeah. Um, it is crazy though. Like, obviously Collingwood don't have the whole of Melbourne, but like they've got like a hundred thousand members. Yeah, it's it, wild. it is. It's really interesting that. Um, it's the age-old discussion. I think most people in the know know it now, but I think a, a while ago, people didn't realise that AFL is a good game to watch in person because you get to see the mm. whole field and that's important. Whereas in the NRL, you want to get closer to the action, the big hits, the play the balls, the re- all that kind of stuff. And so NRL is a TV sport. Oh, it's built for television. It's a TV sport, whereas AFL is a stadium sport. And that's why you go, how the hell do AFL matches essentially average like 50,000 you know, fans per game. Let's mm. just random number around that, whatever it is. Sometimes it's obviously bigger. Whereas NRL, it's like, fuck, 18,000 mm. across the board. Um, it's because they're just 
different um, pieces of content to watch in person. One is more enjoyable than the other. Whereas NRL, when you you get made more viewers on TV because it is a TV sport. So really exciting for the game. Now, I'm sure that, look, this guy, he's, uh, my understanding is he's really well known for uh, high quality data and yep. um, high quality takes from the data that he gets from everywhere. But I'm sure you, maybe you could find data that uh, challenges that. But he is, this guy's known on Twitter for having yep. the best information in regards to data. So, geez, that's promising for rugby league. Yeah, I'm not sure if I read this, if it was the same guy or it was a different guy. I think I think it was, um, I'll have to get it. But He put a thing up for the, anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, I, and I sort of think comparing the AFL and NRL numbers this year, both had gone up significantly. We know that NRL was the biggest last year, which was a great achievement. But yeah, according to the thing I read, NRL was once again the most watched sport in the country. Yeah, and that's not including Origin. Yeah, which that, and that is crazy. Yeah, which is crazy. When you think about it, we... According to the ratings, we still beat AFL TV-wise. Um, now, if you want to have an argument about it's better to have people in you know, stadiums because that makes more money, mm. fair. Like, fair, you, we can have that argument. But ratings-wise, the fact that we beat them, even without Origin, is actually crazy. It's ridiculous. Because if you add in Origin, we blow them out of the park. Mm. Uh, it's it's going to be interesting, the next TV rights deal, because I personally believe we got undersold this one. Yeah. Now, look, certain decisions had to be made and... You know, it's during a tough time and we're not in a – we haven't been as smart with our money as AFL have been. But I think this next rights deal event, like what is it, in three or four years? I think 2027 to my So 2027, I hope the game is gearing up to be super aggressive in these negotiations because I think we earn $100 million less per year than mm-hmm. the AFL yeah. by all reports, which is outrageous when you think about it because we have more ratings. Yeah. Um, so – we have, at the very least, we should be on par with the AFL going sure. forward. So I hope the NRL, and it seems like the NRL is trying to put things in place to prepare for that. We just need to get good assets with the money that we have. So once we go to those negotiations, we're not so beholden yep. where we, we're desperate for them to make sure the deal is done. Otherwise, we're stuffed and screwed. It's crazy. Uh, one of the crazy things that in AFL camp is how they own that stadium down Huge in Melbourne. Huge win. So smart. It's just forward thinking, really. You know, because they wouldn't want to do it. But if the AFL, you know, networks didn't come and play ball, then they just go, all right, we'll take a loan out on this massive asset that's worth a billion dollars. We'll go out and take a loan to get us. Because what they would, basically what would happen was this. Let's say Fox or whoever said lowballed them. They go, all right, sweet. And let's say they went and got all the other parties involved, like nine, 10, seven, Fox, whoever. And the negotiations were taking a while. They'd go, all right, well, the negotiation is going to take a while because we're not re-signing with our current people. So we'll go take a loan out on our big stadium because the bank would say, well, this is worth a billion dollars. Therefore, we know that if you default on the loan, we can sell we can sell our part in the, the stadium or whatever. We can get that money back. Mm-hmm. So it's basically held as collateral. Um, and so they'd go, we'll take a loan out on that until the deal is done. And then obviously when the deal gets done, the money gets paid back. Uh, whereas the NRL are in a position where if negotiations drag out too long, we run out of money yeah. and we're stuffed. Now, the I guess it's uh, both parties though have a similar problem because Fox rely so heavily on sport that if the NRL if they were to lose the NRL, like yeah, they'll be in a bit of trouble in a like not just a bit of trouble, yeah, like catastrophic trouble, yeah. 
And so it that that's the game that they play. It's almost like a game of chicken. Yeah. It's like the the recent uh, negotiations between the players and the NRL. It was a game of chicken. Mm. And the, the game of chicken was like basically will they strike or not? So the game of chicken was NRL was going, well, if you want to take it to the end, if you strike, you don't get paid. And the NRL players were basically – and again, look, they, I'm sure they weren't saying this, but this was the subtle undercurrent of the negotiations. Yeah. They're saying – if we strike, then the networks, they come down on you. Mm. So it's this game of chicken of like, who's willing, who's going to break first and go, look, I don't want that to happen because we got more to lose. And that's why I actually thought with the RLPA, the play negotiations, I thought the NRL actually had more to lose because if the players don't play for a week, they don't get paid for a week or whatever. Yeah, It's just a week. If the NRL don't broadcast games for a week, that is, how much is that? $20, 30000000 million? Yeah. They just that just cost them. Do you know what I mean? Whereas with the players, they actually diffuse the hit across four hundred people. Whereas the NRL has one business, mm. they get hit. Boom. Like we like let's say the uh, let's say Fox and Nine. Let's say they pay, I don't know what is it, three hundred million dollars a year, and then divide that by twenty seven. So you know, one round is like, I don't know, $10 million. Yeah. That's a massive hit to take. Huge. Over an RLPA agreement where they're really only quibbling over, you know, maybe not even $10 million. Yeah. Um, and so that's the going forward with the NRL. I hope they prepare themselves. I personally think the NRL, and I've said this many, many times, if we could somehow, and I know it's a huge risk, I know it's a huge investment, but if we could somehow own... So basically, I'm pretty sure it's the NFL... They own they own all the production and then they on sell it to the the Fox and the Nine or the like of of America. But also, what what I would hope the NRL could do in the future is create their own platform that you can pay ten dollars a month and watch all footy on that platform. Because right. if we did that, then we don't have to rely on the networks. And there was a period where we had to deal with Telstra where that kind of happened. And that's actually how I used to watch all my footy was on the NRL app. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so if the NRL created their own app, and look, it'd be very hard to negotiate now because the cat's out of the bag and that Fox and Nine will say, well, we're not going to do a TV rights deal with you if you have your own app because you're taking business from us. Yeah. Um, I mean, it was only a few weeks ago that the, a uh, few years ago, the NRL spent all this money on a media yeah, thing and that, now yeah. they no longer use it. And, you know, you can put two and two together and say, why do they no longer use it? It's not in the Fox or Nine's interest for the NRL to make their own content. Again, that's just all assumptions outside looking in, guys. I got no inside evidence on that. So if I'm the NRL, the best case forward for the NRL is okay. Imagine if they could somehow carve out their own app that put on all their own content, all their own games that you could watch on it purely through streaming. Imagine in ten years if you had, I don't know, let's just say. 3 million people signed up watching NRL football or, you know, let's say, and it's $10 a month. So what's that a year? It's 120 a year and then 120 over a million, sorry, 3 million, 120 times 3 million, which would be, you're looking at $360 million in revenue a year. When you go to negotiate with media and you have revenue and you own a product and you're making 360 million, you don't even need the, yeah, the, the, net the networks. So all of a sudden it goes, we're already making, I mean, you could halve that. Let's say a million people signed up at $120 a year. Um, and look, that sounds super expensive, but 
fuck, you pay, what, you're paying 10 bucks for Netflix now. Oh, I mean, I'd pay 10 bucks a month for footy. Oh, well, the, I mean, KO is like 20, 25, 30. Well, fuck, you, exactly. You can make yeah. it, let's say it's 10 bucks and you yeah. had a million people sign up. Yeah. 120 bucks, that's $120 million of revenue that would be generated. And granted, that's not straight profit, but that would be, that's $120 million of revenue you are, you are creating for yourself and you own the platform. Mm. You own the platform. So, so are a, you saying like the, like the NRL would fund like the cameras and all that stuff as well? Yeah, you'd probably have to, you'd probably have to fund all the cameras yeah. and, and everything like that because otherwise Fox would be like, we're not, yeah, why we do that? We're yeah. not paying for, for the cameras and everything. <laughs> yeah. And I'm pretty sure the NFL, can you Google it? I'm pretty sure the NFL I'll, do I'll do that. Um, because if there was a way that the NRL could somehow do that, and look, we're probably not in a position to do that. And when you look at how much it would cost and the risk, it, it's a very long-term plan. But in the age of streaming, in the age of, of content becoming way more accessible and the, the, there's no longer an A, B, C um, relationship with the audience, you can have an A, A to B relationship with the audience where you're the creator and straight to the audience and you don't really need a platform. It's just powerful. It just, I just think that long-term that could set everyone up in, at the NRL to almost be unshakable. Like you would, ne you would essentially as a game, unless like some cataclysmic event happened that the whole freaking world struggled from it, you would basically be set for life. I mean, I th I'm pretty sure the, the UFC, I'm pretty sure the UFC do it um, to a degree. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that's, I think that that would be the smartest long-term plan. The only problem with that is it's a, it, it would be a painful plan and it may come to a point where salaries are reduced a little bit because you aren't getting as much money from Fox and Nine in those initial years. And so I just, I don't think it'll ever happen, but geez, it'd be good if the NRL could own all the content, stream it on their own service and then on sell it to Fox and Nine because we'd be so safe as a game then, so safe as a game. Because not only do you stream the content, there's other ways, you know, you can put on live shows, you can sell merchandise, you can sell products, you can get advertising on the live streaming service. So, you know, you could have different tiers where you can pay five bucks and you get a few ads and then 10 bucks you get no ads. I mean, there's so many things you could do. And so I've always thought that if there's some way you could set up a subscription service where the NRL owned it, it would be, it's, that's planning for the next 50 years, in my opinion, the next 50 to 100 years where you just, you'd make the game so safe. Um, from outside influence. Uh, but that's just my opinion. I'm just some dude with a big beak talking absolute nonsense into a microphone. Find anything there, Manny? Yeah, I think I've had to like really, really skim this. But it seems like they have, they've got it and they sell the exact same rights to four different yeah. networks. And it's, and they, they all get the exact same. Yeah, and, so, and they are making... I'll have to look further into that. But yeah, zillions like. of yeah. dollars because they own the product. They own the product. And again, it, you know, some people go, oh, well, you know, Fox is so big. Why would you, I guess, antagonize them by creating their own product? But it's like, yeah, you've got to remember, Fox don't purchase rugby league out of um, charity. They purchase rugby league because they see value in it and yeah. it provides, generates revenue for them. If you were to take NRL away from Fox or Nine tomorrow, Nine a little bit different because they obviously deal in normal content. But if you were to take it away from Fox and Nine, it would it would hurt massively for them. Oh, for sure. So it's not like they would just automatically go, all right, well, if you're not going to do it our way, we're gone. Like, no, they would be open to 
um, compromise because otherwise they're stuffed as well. Mm. So, uh, yeah, anyway, that's the long-term plan I think of. Now, great news overnight. Dylan Edwards has been called into the Australian team. Adokar suspended for two games reportedly. So Edwards and it's Adokar because of the fight that happened in the Koori knockout. Edwards comes in the Aussie squad. Hines has also been included in the Aussie squad, replacing Nathan Cleary, who did his freaking MCL in the first oh, 10 minutes. Seriously. Like, it, just when you thought that that performance couldn't get more incredible, that last 20 minutes, it gets more incredible. Mm. More incredible. Yeah, that'll go down forever now. That'll go down like Sammy Burgess' cheek, like Cooper Cronk's scapula. I mean, well, I'd go even better because of the fact that it's the biggest deficit ever yeah. to come back from. I like his kick after Crichton's try isn't getting spoken enough about his conversion, the forty twenty is with well, an MCL, with, like with the MCL. Yeah, like, are you serious? It's just crazy, <laughs> absolutely crazy. Thoughts on Edwards? Yeah, I didn't expect it. I'm, I will admit that. Um, I was a bit surprised because obviously Adokar's a winger, and I it's not obviously a like for like replacement. Um, I thought, well, maybe they could bring someone with a bit more versatility in, but. All of that aside, Dylan Edwards, in this, in every world, Dylan Edwards deserves a rep jersey. I didn't think he'd ever get one because, you know, he's stuck behind. I, I thought he would be stuck behind people like, obviously, Teddy, but uh, Reese Walsh, Kalen Ponga. But Edwards has won three comps in a row at fullback. Mm. Um, and he, he, he deserves it. Whether or not he plays, I don't, I don't know. I don't think, I think Teddy's obviously going to be fullback. So I don't think he's going to play any games, but or unless they rest him, but he deserves something. So I'm I'm happy for him. I'm just I am surprised because, uh, like, why wouldn't you replace him with a winger? Yeah, I think that I personally think that that he may get a shot on the wing or at centre or at full like fullback. I actually think Dylan Edwards would be a fine winger. I don't see why he couldn't be a winger. I think that, like. What's his asset? It's his tough carries out of his own end. You can mm. do that from a wing. Yeah, for you sure. You can even do that as a center. I, I personally think he's just been taken as an outside back rather than uh, just only a fullback. And I think we'll see him get some time uh, either at fullback in the first game instead of Teddy or yep. on the wing or in center at some point. Yeah, right. See, I, I wasn't sure because there's only two games. That's why I was like, is Teddy really going to rest for a game? Mm, so, maybe half a game. Yeah, yeah, just to give possibly. an opportunity, yeah. um, because otherwise it, it doesn't really make sense at all. That's that's what I, that's why. Because I think if it you're going to bring someone in for experience to be around the boys, you bring in Reese Walsh. Yeah, because Dylan Edwards is what 26, 27. Yeah, yeah. About so 26. it's. I mean, look, he's that's still relatively young. He's got plenty of years, <laughs> left, years left in him. But yeah, if you're going to bring in him just to be around the camp and to you know get him used to it. You'd have to assume it would be a guy like Reese Walsh or even Kalen Ponga Palmer, yeah. that's brought in for experience, or even a guy like Bradman Best. Mm. But at the same time, what I do love about it is it does send a really strong message to the Australian camp and the squad about what you stand for and rewarding a guy like Edwards is saying to the rest of the squad, you fucking rip and tear, you will be rewarded. And that's what I expect from the rest of the squad, blokes that have a red-hot go. Because I think most people would know, like, look, you know, Reese Walsh and, and KP, they are, uh, look, it's hard to say better players because you've got Edwards, you know, winning mm. three premierships. But you would assume that if Teddy goes down in the future, that it would be KP or Reese yep. to, to 
replace him. Now, maybe that's wrong. Maybe maybe Mal loves him as a fullback. And look, I wouldn't argue against it. If Edwards was no. the one selected a fullback instead of Teddy, I'd be like, you know what? He's fucking worked his ass off for so many years. But at the same time, you, when you select a guy like Edwards, you send a really strong message, like yep. a really strong message of he is being rewarded for super consistency and basically never playing lower than an 8 out of 10. Like, mm. and, and Whereas like you could go Reese Walsh, you know, it's been he's really really young. Grand final didn't have the best game, bit of a mixed bag, you know. And KP been injured, everything. So maybe it is because he just wants to reward a guy that's been you know working his ass off. And if that's if that's the case, then I agree. Yeah, I agree with it for sure. I just, I'm just think, trying to think of like what winger would replace Adokar in that squad, especially when you got Selwyn Cobo, Katoni Staggs, Valentine Holmes. Yeah. Yeah, there's obviously there's Amiso. enough. Yeah, there's enough cover on the wing, of of course. Um, and the fact that Nico Hines has been brought in, they've got heaps of cover for fullback. Yeah, like you could even put Cameron Munster there if you really want. I actually don't mind Dylan Edwards on the wing or in the centres. I honestly think, or even as a fourteen, I don't, I don't definitely don't mind it. It's just I've never seen it before. No, what I'm saying is, is that let's say he got selected instead of a Katoni Staggs or so on Cobo to play wing or centre, I don't I wouldn't mind right. that. Okay. Because I think that his carries are so hectic that he can do a job for you on that edge there. Mm. And I think even in attack, like he just has to hit good lines. Like he's got a great fan, great in contact. He's got a at least a catch and pass. Mm. We know that he's a fullback. Um, All right, if he plays on the wing between him and Teddy, you're going to have a hard-working back three. That's what I mean. Like it's it's almost like a bit like the Second Penrith one. back three mm. with To'o and Dylan Edwards. When If you went To'o, sorry, if you went Teddy and Edwards coming out of your own end mm. and then Selwyn maybe on the other edge or whoever, whether it's Val or whoever you put on there, it's pretty pretty hectic coming out of your own end. Yeah. So I'm massive. I'm stoked for Dylan Edwards. and Oh, so happy for him. I understand, as I said, if you were trying to bring in a guy for experience, I you know, maybe Reese Walsh and... KP, even though, yeah, maybe Rich KP, but at the same time, it's like, no, uh, yes, experience is good, but also I'm trying to build a culture here. Yeah. And Dylan Edwards is a culture player. He's a culture player. So it's not just about experience for players. It's also about what am I, what message am I sending to the other team? And that like, look, Nico Hines, another culture player gets selected. Um, so yeah, I don't mind it. I don't mind it. It will be interesting to see where he plays if he gets any game time. I honestly, th- I, I don't know why I keep thinking it, but I really think it might be on the winger in the centres. Because mm. what, the centres right now, Val Holmes maybe, and Katoni Staggs maybe. Yeah. And would you say, like, yes, Katoni is a specialist centre, but he's not ahead of the pecking order of outside backs for well, Dylan he's, Edwards. he's never played before. Exactly. So maybe, yeah, maybe that's where he gets his shot. Yeah. Half, they both get half a game in the first game. I don't know. So it's going to be, yeah, it's going to be, I can't wait to see how they go. But I, uh, I sat down to do my team earlier today. Doing the four pack is one of the hardest things I've ever had to do. Yeah, it's really. it's. I mean, start with Isaiah versus Carrigan, and then. See, I, my so basically right now I'll look at it now so we can get it up. My forward pack so Yo would be on the bench for me. Yep. Carrigan would be at thirteen. Uh, then I would have Martin and Murray on the edges. Yeah, that was probably the only part where I was like, "Yep, hundred percent." Besides, obviously Grant Hunt, but the front row is tough as well. So front row. I would be having Payne Haas partnering Lindsay Collins to start, I'd say. Collins, yeah. Maybe Tino, either one, and then bring Lindsay on for impact. And then either one. So Lindsay or Tino, Ruben Cotter. So my bench would be Ruben Cotter, 
Tino, um, Jake Trevojevic. Actually, maybe you start Jake Trevojevic. No, no, I'd bench Jake Trevojevic. Um, and then 14, obviously, Harry Grant. Yeah, right. Spent Hunts by nine. Yeah. Would you start Jake Trevojevic over well, I was Tino looking, and Lindsay? Nah, I'd probably start. My, my, what I came up with was Tino and Payne. Yeah. Because between, I had Isaiah, but I, I, I love Carrigan as well. Imagine if you had Carrigan, Haas, and Tino as your middles. That'd be the hard, hardest working middles you've ever seen. Um, Haas, Carrigan, and Tino yeah. as your middles. Like, that, that would go against any middles ever. Yeah. And, and I know there's probably not room for him, but I'd really, I'd really want to see Flegler on the bench. Yeah. But it's, it's really hard. There's uh, so it's going to be interesting to see what they do with Jack Trevojevic. Yeah. Because you don't – when I hesitated the bench, I was like, he's not a – he's a long-minute player. Mm. You don't, he's not brought on for impact. So it's like, is he, is he wasted on the bench when you've got guys like Cotter, uh, Flegler, that mm. are impact players off the bench? Uh, yeah, it's going to be really interesting to see what they do with Jack Trevojevic because – he is a little. He's a very different front rower to Lindsey Collins, Tino, um, Painhas. He, he's almost a defensive front rower. Yeah. So yeah, I wonder what they're going to do with him. And I would love to see Flegler. Oh geez, I would love to see Flegler out there. Yeah, he he de- deserves his jersey this what season. What a great call up. Well, and you know, talk about a guy that imagine being in a forward pack with Paddy Carrigan and Painhas and making a name for yourself. Yeah. It's such a hard thing to do. For like. Sure. Payne Haas and Carrigan, they're the stars. There's, and Flegler has played so well that he's managed to not only make a name for himself, he's in the Australian side. Especially when like Carrigan and Haas are like obviously two of the best forwards in the comp, but also two of the safest players in the comp. Yeah. Whereas a year ago, like there was a game Flegler get, was put on report three times and a half. Like he was, he was doing really ill-disciplined stuff. So he's, just he's, super, to, he's aggressive, super yeah. aggressive. So he's had to turn that around. Yeah. But, and now he's standing out with those guys. It's remarkable. And it's, it's a huge loss for Bronx. Oh, mate. It really is. It really is. Huge I, win for the Dolphins though. Massive. I mean, it changes that whole forward pack. Him yeah. and Tommy Gilbert. Yeah. It's fucking not bad. Not bad. Um, then you got Lemuelo on the edge there. Uh, but I, I think that the Broncos are in a much better position than they were a few years ago to replace guys. Oh, for sure. Um, I, I don't know. Look, I I haven't gone through their stocks and watched their reserve grade that much to know for sure. But I just get the feeling that they're back in a very strong place. And that's, you know, a credit to guys. Um, Donahue, the new yeah. CEO, he's been there for a couple of years now. But the fact that the Broncos club is in such a healthy situation. Like, think about how much of a shit fight it was. It wasn't just like, oh, they played poorly for a year. The club was a shambles. Mm. And now all of a sudden we're in a position where got guys like Xavier Willison coming through, Blake Moser, got um, other guys that I spoke to, some of the higher-ups of the Broncos that are like, you know, having raps of like the next big thing in their forward pack coming through. I think their biggest question Broncos will be their hearts. But anyway, um, super excited. Nico Hines. Mate, Keen. I'm so happy for Hines. Yeah. What what I love about Nico Hines' season is that not everything went right for it, went right for him. And when the opportunity or the the most likely outcome was to go off a cliff with his form, he found a way to fight through it and just bring his form all the way back. Now he's in the Australian squad. Like Nico Hines, a few years ago on the bench for the Storm, is in the Australian squad. Yeah. Ne- never, obviously, never doubted. Someone like Nico Hines, mental resilience. Like he's, he says he has the mental coach. Obviously, he's gone through plenty off the field as well. But that origin 
whole drama. Then the next week when the Sharks got absolutely pumped by Melbourne, a lot of people could have just been like, nah. Well, there's plenty of players that are some of the best in our game that have gone, been dropped from origin, struggled for the rest of the year. Yeah. Then they've come back the next year and played well. He's got gone dropped from origin, but not. it's not just dropped from origin, that one play. I know. You know what I mean? So it's like it was a big deal on repeat everywhere you look. Like imagine being Nico Hines trying to avoid that situation. Yeah. Everyone you spoke to, even if they were being nice, would bring it up to you. For sure. Bro, it wasn't your fault. Bro, how are you? You're right. You're right. Like, it would have been amplified in his head even more. Well, think about everywhere you go, randoms and your friends are saying, even if they're trying to be nice, they're bringing it up. Mm. Whereas he would have just been going, I don't want to talk about it. It's kind of like, it's like, let's say someone, let's say on the internet, someone's talking shit about you. Mm. Or pe- a lot of people are calling your opinion stupid. You're an idiot. And then a friend messages you goes, what about these idiots talking shit about yeah. you? The friend is trying to be nice because he wants to defend you or she wants to defend you. But in reality, you're like, I don't want to know, bro. Like, yeah. don't message me that shit because then I go and read it. <laughs> so true. So it's like you'd rather be – whereas, you know, players like Nico Hines, they can't, get, they can't avoid it mm. because even the people that love you and are trying to do the right thing are bringing it up. Mm. And so the fact that he managed to pull himself th- – like pull through that, it's um, incredible. I remember when I interviewed Boyd Corner with his head knocks, he said that the worst thing was is that everywhere I went, people asked how I – oh, you are right, you are right, mate. So it's coming from a good place – but it's messing with your head because, like, bro, I don't want to fucking talk about that shit all the time. Yeah. Um, Just on Cordner, I didn't realise that he was 28 when he retired. Yeah, yeah. That is ridiculously yeah. young. Mate, he had a he had a first grade trial as a 16-year-old. <laughs> so we're talking about a guy. And he also, in a couple of his early years, he had a lot of, I think, knee injuries as well. Mm. Did his ACL when he was, like, 16 or something, 17. Um, He's what a warrior. toughest. Jeez, you got to get if he wants to be, you got to get him in that New South Wales camp somehow. Oh yeah, yeah. Just get him in there for sure as the defensive coach um, or forwards coach. I don't care what you call him, yeah. tough coach. Call him the toughest tough coach. coach. Fucking having a dig coach. <laughs> He's got to be a part of that camp if he wants to be. If he wants to be, because I do think with New South Wales, the concern is is there's a a brain drain where you've gone through all your legends. Who's left? Like I know Laurie Daly's. I mean, has he put his hand up? Like, maybe. I mean, he said he's open if they approach him, but he hasn't really gone, I want to do it. Yeah. So who? what what New South Wales legends are left? And, and also, I was listening to Loz on the, the buy round, and yeah, I'm sure he's, he's come out and said he'd do it. But he was saying to James Graham, he's like, coaching to, at this age for me will be risky because I've built up such like such a personality in the media. He's on the radio show. He's like, but if I coach and I fail again, mm. who's going to want me? Yeah. So that'd be like... I reckon Loz, Loz is probably putting his hand up, but you know he loves to say he loves to state. That's a good point. Yeah. And yeah, if if you if you lose, all of a sudden you you're almost you become untouchable. When it's yeah. like, what the hell does me coaching New South Wales have to do with my ability to be a media analyst? Yeah, which is you know, and he's right. It's a really a really great insight from Loz where he's realised that regardless of what industry, if you fail air quotation marks in something, it taints you. Yeah, it taints you, and it's like, well, what the hell? A New South Wales coach, like for example, bloke is the biggest sports podcast in the country by a substantial margin. I'm a soccer player that played forty, uh, roughly forty to fifty NRL games. Like, I have no right to be like for people to listen to my opinion on rugby league. There are way like you should all be listening to Cameron Smith yep. or Joey or Maddie, like all those boys. But just because you're good at footy doesn't mean you're good at analysing footy. And just because you're bad at footy doesn't mean 
you can't be good at analysing. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, so it's a great insight from Loz and it's, it's getting to the point where I kind of feel like even New South Wales fans, and apologies, I know I'm speaking from Queensland's perspective, it feels like even New South Wales fans are going, who wants that job? Yeah. Who wants to walk? Like even New South Wales fans are going, would you really want to walk into that job? Because if you lose, you are getting absolutely annihilated. Yeah, you're getting annihilated by the public who are extremely unforgiving. But like you're not getting a full-time gig there apparently like that's outrageous like like for the life of me i cannot believe that they're trying to say well you're only on a part-time wage and so i'm assuming that means your wage is reduced yeah i i you know i I mean so so it's it's not even like they're going look it's a part-time gig but you get paid a mozza so let's say let's say the estimates were 400k for the year it's like you know what i'm willing to take all the bullshit that comes with it because i get paid so much money yeah whereas they're going well, we'll give you and look let's just say it's 200k let's say or 150 or 200 that's a lot of money it really is um and you know most people would jump at that but for that role is it worth your mental health mm. is it worth you waking up after that third origin if you lose it to your face splashed across every single newspaper on every single instagram every single twitter Failure, 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 all your fault, worst coach ever, you know, what an idiot, he's a fucking dumb, he's this, he's that. You know, let's say you already earn, let's say you already earn 80 grand a year and you've, and that's, that's, you know, that's for, they, you know, anyone that's about to coach New South Wales Rugby League probably earn more than that. But let's say you earn 80 grand a year. Mm. So the extra 100 grand that year, let's just assume it's 100 grand, it's for one year, for, first of all. Let's yeah. say it's for two years. It's for two years, first of all then the rest of your life you have to deal with whatever happens in that New South Wales Rugby League. Is it really worth it? Is it going to change your life that much? Mm, not not really. Not at all. Not really. It's funny. Like when you put it like that, like obviously Freddie went through that and he had to deal with so much backlash. And then he goes into the head office with a proposal. Keep in mind, he's bled for the state. He's coached the state. All, all the things he did for the community. And he did all the, he did all the crazy stuff before, before he was on a big wicket as yeah. a coach. And then they're just like, we're gonna cut your hours. Like after all, all you, all the time and effort you put in, we're gonna make it part time. No, like, not only that, they're saying we're gonna cut your pay, we're gonna cut your hours, but you still have to deal with the full ramifications exactly. that you did last year. Why wouldn't he say no? Why? Why, did, f- why would you do that? Yeah. So I've got to cop just what I cop last year, but I'm not even gonna get compensated for it. Matter of fact. I'm going to get half of what I got. Yeah. That's outrageous. Yeah. So outrageous. I'm not surprised that he Now, no. people sit there and go, oh, well, it's awesome. You know, think of the positive, huge opportunity. Look, of course, there are pl- people out there, you know, Cartwright's put his name in the hat, that will, are willing to take the risk. And for sure, like, good on them. If it works out, that's incredible. Um, and that you could argue that's, um, that's the risk you take. But because it's a New South Wales coaching role, Statistics would say you've got about two or three years before you're gone. So it's like, it's not even like a head coach role that you could be in for the next 10 or 20 years. Mm. Um, So yeah, it's just one of those situations where it's, and I think also because New South Wales media do seem to be so ruthless. Now, not all of the New South Wales media. Sometimes I do believe people conflate criticism with 
too much criticism. So it's okay to criticize Freddie. Like we were critical of Freddie this year saying, you know, made some decision we don't agree with. You know, we even said, look, if there are better candidates out there, maybe you should head in that direction. You know, not even maybe, should head in that direction. My argument was always with Freddie, who else is out there? Who else is out there? Mm. If there is a really good candidate out there, then yeah, let's, let's move in a new direction. But now that he's gone, it's like, who else is out there? Especially with Ricky Stewart pulling out. But also, mm. they should have known Ricky Stewart wasn't interested yeah. before they started offering him less and anyway, whatever. Oh, yeah. I mean, at face value, I'd love Ricky Stewart, but I just, I don't think you could, you could have a head coach. Well, if you're the club as the Raiders, <laughs> you'd be like, why the hell would we want to do that? Exactly. So not only, not only do we, he divides his attention because people try to think, oh yeah, it's just a, it's a, mate, it's a full year deal. Like as in, I know New South Wales rugby league want to change it to five months. If you're worth your salt as an origin coach, it's a full year gig. Sure. You should be, working towards something and on things for the for the m most of the year, whether it's watching video, going down to games, going and speaking to players, speaking to coaches, you know, going around um, this, the state to promote the game, to promote the origin team, all that kind of stuff. We all know that. And so like as, a, as Canberra, you go, not only is he going to be distracted, if he loses, it could decimate his confidence. Yep. Like, yeah, exactly. Like it's, there's so many, and if he wins, it still could distract him. Like, okay, what if he wins and then he he's not as he doesn't have as much fire? Like, is there any is there any surprise that Cleary came out and had the final series of his life? You know why? Because he missed Origin with an injury. And yeah. so he had this fire in his belly of like, fuck, I didn't get to play in uh, Origin. I saw our boys lose. Um, if I'm going to win something, it's going to be a comp. Whereas like... Does Cleary have the same fire in his belly if he does win that Origin series? Maybe, maybe not. But but even if it's even if it's half a percent less, that's exactly that could be the difference. In that's the game. two points. Yeah, that's two points. Exactly. Um, so yeah. what you're saying is, for a club, there's zero upside for your coach. You to play zero upside, and coach you know, what, even if he wins, there's even less upside because you have to pay him more than the next contract. <laughs> yeah, um, and so yeah, I just New South Wales Rugby League. The fact that it's got out that it's a five month contract, yeah, is like. The only people you're going to attract is people that, not that they have nothing to lose, but are willing to risk a lot for a big reward. Whereas you want to attract the best of the best that have a, that basically, like put it this way, if you attract guys that are willing to risk a lot, they usually don't have a lot. Whereas the best of the best have a lot to risk. So you've got to create an environment that gives them a bit of safety where they're going, you know, it's worth it's worth the risk because I've got a bit of safety here or I'm getting financially compensated or they're going to give me time to work through this whole thing. Whereas at the moment, you, you're going to attract guys and, and this is no disrespect to Cartwright. He's been in the game. He's been a former head coach at all. And what he's done at the Broncos has been incredible. Mm. But he's an assistant coach. So he's willing to risk that opportunity because he can go back to that assistant role. Um, you know, so yeah, it's just, it's a shit fight. It really is. The fact... It, the fact that Freddie has walked away has made it even worse for New oh, South Wales Rugby it's made League. It's crazy, yeah. Because they would have been better off saying to Freddie, mate, we're going in a different direction because then at least they come with a bit of strength in negotiations with other people saying, no, no, actually we said to Freddie that it's going to... Whereas yeah. the fact that Freddie's gone, here's a proposal, I'm really keen, and then turned around and gone, F seen what they've said and said, fuck that. Mm. As I said, what, what coach wants to do that? And to your point earlier in the week, or last week, 
even if they did go, even if they want to do this five month thing, even if you think that's that's right, at least come up with that, you know, more than a week ago. You know what I mean? <laughs> like tell Freddie before he's planning. That's, yeah. Because like, okay, so he puts together his plan, his program. He puts together a 12 month plan and program. Yeah. You know what I mean? So yeah. it's like even his, even his proposal has been not given the right information to be a correct pro- proposal. Yeah, and there's no way someone just changed their mind in a, in a few days. Bizarre. And if they did, then that's cr- well, it's crazy. Just, it's, it's bizarre because either Freddie's lying and he knew all along it was a five-month yeah. plan, which is... Let's be serious. Let's be serious. Why would he do that? Yeah. And also, why would Freddie know it's a five-month plan and then when he gets told he quits? Yeah. Makes, like, all you're doing, Freddie... All Freddie is doing is making his life worse. Yeah. Um, or... They've seen the proposal and then for some reason had some meetings over that week and decided that this is the direction forward. So I don't know. Look, if they win next year, New South Wales Rugby League, they're geniuses. Exactly. So at the end of the day, we consider and go, you know what? They handle it 100% correctly. Yeah. That, that winning the Origin Series <laughs> is how they go, you know what? All you media guys like myself, like you, like, you know, Nine Fox – Yous were all wrong. We were right because yeah. we won. And we'll sit there and we'll say, you know what? You were right. Yeah. You were right. Um, Isn't it funny how it all hinges on that on one the win. series? Now, I, I will say, look, <laughs> just because you win doesn't mean you couldn't have handled things a little bit better. Yeah. You know, I think that if you had have been, let's say you had have been firm and said, Freddie, we're going in a different direction and then you win, then it's very clear that you can say we did the right thing. But the idea that you were actually keen to keep Freddie and he said no to you, it's like, well... Did you do it right though? Because mm. he wanted to stay. Uh, sorry, you wanted him to stay, and he said no. So actually, you wanted Freddie. You, you, you know what I'm saying? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but anyway, at the end, as I said, at the end of the day, if New South Wales Rugby League, if you win the Origin Series, this is all forgotten. Yeah. And fucking well done, well done. Mm. Um, so yeah, it's going to be interesting to see the least. Now, speaking of uh, Kevin Nangamas. <laughs> Tigers, board level whispers of Tigers have heated up. Uh, as a result, a proposal to build a 20,000-seat stadium has been published. The Tigers are in partnership with uh, Liverpool Council, approached New South Wales government to build a stadium. It's not in the heartland of Tigers. It's around the meeting point of the Bulldogs-Tigers-Eels triangle. So how it would impact the new half-and-half half games at Campbelltown and Leichhardt is unknown. It's still in its infancy. It would also rely on apartments being built like the Shark situation. Okay. Yeah, um, a, lot, a, lot of, a lot of info that... Have to, like I had to digest then reading that article. Yeah. Okay. And also, obviously, um, also obviously, Lee, the chairman. Mm. There's also rumours that he may no longer be extended. Yeah. So this came out. This proposal, because this has been going on for for a bit. So this came out when it came out yesterday or something that Lee might not get it. The heartland of isn't Campbelltown. It's Campbelltown is, but Liverpool's not. So why why is it in Liverpool? That's what people from Campbelltown and the MacArthur area are blowing up about. They're like, why wouldn't you just build it at Campbelltown? From what I've seen when this only came out yesterday, and obviously it might not have happened. It's, mm. it's so low, but people in the Campbelltown area are like, why don't you just rebuild Campbelltown Stadium? I cannot believe why they don't go out to Campbelltown. Oh, it's, it's mind-blowing. Like, I cannot for the life of me understand because if you build out there, then you own the whole area. It is... There's an argument to be made that it's a bigger rugby league heartland than Penrith. Yep. So why not try and own that area? I, just I think it might be. I think it might be the biggest in Australia. If, if it's not, you're right. Those two are certainly the biggest. Look, it's even if it's fucking 85% of Penrith. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Even if it's 
So why not own that area? I yeah. do not understand. Build a what? Build a twenty thousand people stadium. Yep. You know how many people in Campbelltown would froth that? Oh, would froth it. They'd be. It, they'd nearly sell out probably every week. For sure. Um, it almost like a be a, a bit akin to Newcastle when even when they're struggling, they go all right. Yeah. Because they're diehards out there. I just can't for the life of me. And I understand this politics and I understand the West side of the group put in all the money. and, But like the West side of the group is out. Well, the West side of the group, that is the yeah. Campbelltown area. So that's what I don't get. Yeah. Because Balmain can barely afford to. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's why it's it's so, it's so crazy. So like surely, what are, yeah, um, what surprises? And maybe they do put a lot of pressure, but surely the West side start just going, you know what? Yeah. Enough's enough. You can obviously have games at Leichhardt still, but it just it it blows my mind that they've got this golden opportunity to make Campbelltown the heartland of yeah. like rugby league. And look what look what Penrith look what Phil Gould started. I know. And look what Penrith have done. And all you gotta do is look at the three premierships they've just won, but also look at all the juniors from top to bottom. Mm. Like they're so strong out west in Penrith. And Campbelltown Tigers could have that. It is bizarre. And also, yeah, anyway. Um, yeah, Liverpool doesn't seem to make any sense. I, I yeah. don't see the connection to the club. Look, I'd understand if it was a government stadium. Yeah. And so it's being built by the government and you want to make it your home ground, yeah. I, I guess. And, and and maybe you want the dogs to play there as well. Yeah, I maybe. guess. Yeah. Like then, yeah, all right. Fucking fair enough. Almost like Combank Stadium to a degree. Yeah. Um, but I'd be pouring my... Oh, heart and soul into, into Campbell Campbelltown. Town. Yeah. Oh, just bizarre. Uh, in regards to the whole, like the fact that these guys are still in the news is just like, oh god, it is just. I feel so sorry for Tigers fans. Seriously, uh, so do I because South have had a couple of weeks in the headlines, and it's like it's so fatiguing as a fan, and that's just a couple of weeks. And it's imagine being a Tigers fan is always in the news, always in the news. Oh, like I think, and and uh, look. You know, sometimes I feel silly talking about this because I know that there, you know, maybe there are people at the Tigers that work there that have so much more information on what is really going on. Yeah. That they're like, mate, this is why this happens and this is why this happens and this is why we make these choices. And if everyone could hear that, everyone would be like, oh, okay, that makes sense. So, but when I look at it, I just go, they need a strong leader that every single person is on board, whether it's Lee or whether it's someone else, it doesn't matter. They just need a leader that both sides are willing to get behind. They need to go out to Campbelltown, make that the heart of where they, they play and build from there. Yeah. Because right now they are just spiraling down and down and down and it's only getting worse and worse. There is no long-term future at the moment with what they're doing. Yeah. They've got in great talent, which doesn't seem to be working. Whereas out at Campbelltown, I just, for the life of me, you could be the heartbeat of a whole community. Yeah. Whereas how, how are they a heartbeat of the community where they are now? Like I just, they're just a footy club there. Yeah. And every year that they don't act is just, an, they're just kicking the can down the road. It, it really is. Like, honestly, you'd almost get to the point where if a new club started in Campbelltown and said, we are the <laughs> yeah. Campbelltown club, we are, this is our area, we represent it. And it's almost like Penrith. It's, it's not even, it's not Sydney. Mm. It's fucking Campbelltown or it's, you know, the West or whatever you are, Southwest. Mm. It almost it could almost like pick up as many fans to a degree. Like it would take some time, but put it this way: I feel like there are so many disenfranchised Campbelltown or Southwest people 
that they would almost be like, you know what, this club represents me more yep. than the version of what we're seeing at the moment, the West Tigers. Agreed. And this whole Liverpool stadium has amplified that because I saw a lot of comments from people from that area that are just like, come on. Well, they just like people from Campbelltown, again, it's a heartland of rugby league. They deserve to be represented. For sure. Like, it's not, I, I don't, I don't understand it's a merged club and I get it that, you know, I get it, the Balmain side, it's important and it's got so much history in rugby league and there are Balmain fans, for sure, I get that. But we have to be practical at some point. Like, yeah. surely like, surely at some point, they've even Balmain fans have to be like, would I rather the club be where it is and we continue to have all this drama, all these losses, or would I rather take a bit of a hit, it's out in Campbelltown, we play some games at Leichhardt yep. and we become a, a dominant club I feel like Balmain, even Balmain fans would be like, that's probably the better way forward. Surely. I've, I mean, of course we can't speak for them, but like surely they're sick of just being at the bottom of the ladder all the time and it just seems so obvious. Yeah, I, like I try to think of myself as like, let's say, you know, the Gold Coast merged with a club or even Brisbane. Let's say Brisbane merged with a club. We'd had 20 years of, you know, no good, constant fighting, constant you know, infighting. We had this heartland of rugby league that's supposed to be half of our club. You know, it's currently where I live. Let's just say I live where the... And if it's almost a guarantee that we'll have success if we head out there and build. I almost like, you know what? I'd rather my club be successful yeah. and me have to drive out to some games than just have the win of it. Oh, it's around the corner. Yeah. Well, let me look at Rabbitohs. Like, mm. South don't play at Redfern. Yeah. South play at Homebush, which is... <laughs> with the new tunnels it's like half an hour away but mm. back in the day it was like an hour away and I, of course it's completely different it's because of money that they played out there but but you'd rather like, don't care yeah you'd rather be successful yeah and as soon as we moved there and of course that that came at the same time as russell crowe but like they started playing well yeah and like not it's bizarre yeah it's bizarre just i never get it i never understand it it's bizarre that like what it's so strange is, is west financed the club essentially yeah so it's like that's what makes this even crazier Anyway, hopefully they can sort it out because, oh, man, I, like I just – I think of Tigers fans and they just must be like, I'm so yeah. sick of this. And like as we said – I know it hasn't come out yet, but as we said on next Monday's season review, the Tigers have a – they recruited so well. they got one of the best four-packs in the comp. Like, yeah. I feel sorry for the – I feel sorry for the staff. Yep. Everyone. Because, unfortunately, the staff can only work as hard as they can possibly work under the conditions that they've been provided with. Yeah. And – if anyone genuinely believes that the at the moment that the Tigers are the best conditions to work under, yeah. it's just craziness because, mate, the guy that you hired for a five-year plan just got the sack a year before Michael Mulgaire got the sack after re-signing. Didn't he have two more years on his contract yeah, too? Yeah, yeah, he got re-signed. So it's like, what? Because, yeah. like, okay, people might go, okay, well, Michael Mulgaire was struggling and, look, you'd probably rather Michael Mulgaire now, but anyway. Yeah. Michael Maguire is struggling. That's why we got rid of him. Okay, fair enough. But at what point does someone step back and go, who decided for Michael Maguire to go there? So the same people, and okay, we'll go Tim Sheens. Yep. The same people that decided that Tim Sheens should be the coach are now the same people sacking Tim Sheens. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. They're the ones responsible for him being there. So it's just like, okay, at what point do you go, you, instead of blaming Tim Sheens for the results, you're the one that put him there and then sacked him in six months. Mm. How does that even make sense? Yeah. Oh, okay. Sorry. Apologies. Not sacked him. 
He wow. oh, sorry. <laughs> whatever happened. I don't yeah. even know what happened. He yeah. chose to leave or he brought it up, whatever. Okay. Let's say Tim Sheens chose to leave. Let's yeah. say that. You still hired the guy that chose to leave after six months. So let's even go the other direction where they didn't sack him and they wanted, they were begging Tim Sheens, please stay. Let's say that's what's happened. Then you still hired the guy that was willing to walk after six months. Yeah. For, of the, of the, this huge, pub, this highly publicized five-year five year plan. plan. So it, 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 regardless of whether he walked or he was pushed, it doesn't, it's not a good thing. Yeah. Especially, look, this isn't a one-off. Oh, this is God. multiple coaches over multiple years <laughs> yeah. that whether they've been sacked early, like Michael Maguire, I kind of get the feeling where the only reason why he stayed for so long is because he was so committed to the cause. Whereas I feel like if he had walked into the office a year earlier and said, look, this isn't working out, I feel like Tigers maybe would have gone, you know what? I'm, we're glad you said that because we were hoping you would. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. It just, it's a disaster. It's a disaster. I hope they can turn it around because, you know, it, like you look back at the glory days and it was awesome to see the Tigers play this new yep. brand of footy and, you know, they, they do have a decent fan base. Like they got a decent fan base. It's not like they're a tiny, you know, no fan base club that no one would miss. Like mm. it'd be exciting. It would be exciting. What, what they could do, as we've said, what they, imagine what they could look like in 10 years if they had a 10-year plan, started at Campbelltown and built their way up there. Yeah. As I said, look, I'm sure the higher-ups, they've got way more information than us and there's a reason why they make these decisions and, and maybe we sound like absolute idiots right mm. now. I'm open to the possibility of us being totally wrong. Yeah, of course. But it, from the outside looking from in, what it, seems like. it looks like a very obvious answer to a, a – the Tigers are seriously getting into a position where it's like, how do they sustain themselves if they keep this keeps happening? Yeah. How do they sustain themselves as an NRL club when there are so like look at the Dolphins' success as a club coming in? It's just like when you sit back and you look at longer term, and I never would want this to happen because I know Tigers have so many fans, West Tigers. But it's like the NRL when they sit back, they go, well, guys, get it together, mm. like get it together, because like we have all these other, we got Ipswich, we got the Brisbane Tigers, we got New Zealand, we got the government willing to put in money for PNG. You know what I mean? Like, it just gets to a point where you go, look, because they're based in the like Sydney base, it's like it's not even a win for us to have you there because there's already so many clubs in that area. Yeah. So, like, what benefit are you like? The reason why you wouldn't want to reduce clubs is because you don't want to lose a battle against AFL. But it's like, if you were to take out that club from Sydney, would we really, would that affect the battle of AFL? Not, like, no, probably no, not. No. I'll tell you what, though, if we had that club in Campbelltown, oh. we couldn't lose that then, because then you could lose the battle to AFL because there's no other clubs around. Yeah. So, and look, I know that's, that's extreme talking. That's like, you know, years and years down the track, but geez louise it's just a tough thing to watch yeah it's a tough time. thing to watch like for example the reason why i personally believe gold coast have stayed around is because obviously the owners now have put so much time and effort into it so much money but because the nrl realized like we can't afford to lose you yeah. even though they've got the smallest fan base and the smallest viewership and all that kind of stuff they understand they can't afford to lose you because it's a it's a key spot with one club sitting there whereas like in sydney would it be that detrimental to the game to lose a club oh no, no way like not really. Yeah. It, you know. Anyway, uh, again, I'm. I please, Tigers fans. I'm not saying that we. Should, I want them to stay. That's all I'm saying. I, we want. We want the Tigers to be Penrith in ten years. Yes, I want them to be so so good. Yeah. So hopefully, right. sort of. Watching the Tigers back in like twenty, like two thousand five, I was a kid. But I remember 
I was supporting them in 20... Obviously, you were going for, for Bronx. I was Lockheed's last year, but t- uh, 2011, I was going for them to win when they were in that final series. Yeah. Like, everyone just got around them. Yeah. That, that, look, the Tigers could be the Panthers. And yeah, that sounds sure. crazy. It sounds mental. But imagine, you know, imagine the groundswell that they could get out there. It would be mm. so good for rugby league. Like, yeah, anyway... Um, Vegas Sphere. The Sphere opened last week with a U2 concert. The huge wraparound LED screen is a point of difference with mind-boggling visuals. It's a brainchild of Madison Square Garden CEO James Dolan. Cost $2.3 billion, but advertising will come in at 450 k a day. So that alone will pay for itself in two years. Jeez. What a genius idea. Oh, it's amazing. Putting LED screens around. So like, and everyone, it'll be the most photographed thing in Las Vegas. Like it's, just, it's one of those situations where, and this is going to sound stupid, but... It's the idea of like the rich get richer. And yeah. what that means is it takes money to make money. Yeah. I, I remember when I started the bar, like, or didn't start the bar, I took over the bar. It was a great experience. It was awesome. It's tough. It's hard. But I, I realized that with bars and cafes and that, if you've got a small one, yes, the exposure or the liability or whatever is less. So you've got less chance of losing a lot, but you're never really going to explode because it's a small spot. Whereas I look at some of these bigger venues that are, you have to have a lot of money to create them. They, if they pop off, they make you know, millions and millions of dollars. Now, obviously, you know, if they fail, they lose big, but they win big. Whereas the, when you're just scraping by in a small spot, you're almost destined for failure because you're not big enough to earn big coins when it's busy. Cause that's what like bars is all about, like boom time, like, Everyone comes in, mm. buys a lot of alcohol, and they. Whereas a smaller one, because you're small, you don't, those boom times, you just can't make that much money. Mm. And so it's the age old thing of he sat down and said, okay, 2.3 billion, huge risk, but he had already put into the financial plan, we can sell advertising for 450K a day. <laughs> so he, like, he puts himself in a position where it's a guaranteed win. Yeah. But because he has the connections and the money to make this play, yeah. then he, he, he only, he's the only one that has access to make this play because the rich get richer. Yeah, you're right. It's no, it's no surprise that the, it, he's the CEO of Madison Square Garden, like one of the most famous yeah. uh, well, areas okay. in the world. Put it in a smaller context. Put it in a smaller context. I am the same version of myself basically five to six years ago. Yeah. Correct? Correct. If I was to launch, like, what would have more chance of working? If I was to launch something five years ago, it's the exact same idea, exact same rollout, or I was to launch something today? Today. By a mile. Yeah. Why? Because I, my, the people that I know are obviously higher profile. You know, if I access to finances, maybe, maybe it would be a little bit easier. Whereas five, six years ago, same idea, yeah. same rollout, but I'm a no-name, nothing NRL player that didn't have social media when I quit. No one gives a shit about and so that's where, and look, then the, the flip side of that is I took the risk to get here. So it's not to say that I was set up like, you know, I, I started this from nothing. But what I'm saying is that there's the argument of, okay, let's say, let's say I'm a kid that has rich parents. Yep. They may not give me a loan to become rich. So they may not go, all right, Dan, and here's a million dollars. Go and have your idea. But they may know the right people to get the right meeting with the right person. And that's where that whole idea of the rich get richer because they it's not necessarily the money they're giving you, it's the connections, it's the platform. It's also the 
mental side of things. It's also the mindset. It's the, um, what's the word? It's like, it's the mental cash they're giving you. So mm. they've got experience in running a business or knowing certain things and certain ways to do things. Like for example, if I was, if I was mentoring myself five years ago, imagine how much stuff I know now oh, that yeah. I didn't know then. Yeah. Um, would be longer than five years ago. And so you look at something like this and you're like, he has $2.3 billion to spend, but it's almost like printing cash for him because he's already got a business plan that pays for himself. Yeah. Whereas- in, if, su- in such a short amount of time too, two years. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so it, it is, it's uh, two years to pay itself yeah. off. And Think- like, I look, that's a very rough, I just did 450 into, like I just worked it out myself <clears throat> and it's like 500 something days. Obviously there's a bunch of other factors and a bunch of other costs, but like just going off the advertising. Oh yeah, the cost of running it would yeah. be a lot. But if you, like it's 2.3 billion. This isn't a project that's supposed to be gone in five years. This is a project that's going to last, you know, 20 yeah. years yeah. or something like yeah. that. Um, and also that's that doesn't include, they'd be putting shows on there and he'd be getting um, oh, hired out as well. For sure. That This is purely yeah. just for the LED lights. Yeah, it's crazy. Because I remember there was a huge bar around the corner and they would have these massive, massive nights. And it's like, you just can't compete with yeah. that. Now, as I said, I'm not of the mind of, oh, well then, you know, no one can make it. And like the world's against you. Like clearly not. Like I've, you know, started yeah. from nothing and, and done what I've done. But you do realize that as you get higher up, that there are glass ceilings that need either incredible ideas or incredible ex- execution to smash through. Um, because certain, like you get to a certain point where working hard, it's just not gonna be enough. Mm. Um, You either have to be extraordinarily good at what you do or to have an extraordinary idea, or you need to know the right people to get to certain spots. Um, So like I'm still of the mind of anyone can make it if they're willing to put in the time, put in the work, but they, you will get to a certain point where it's like, I either need to know the right people or I need to be so brilliant at what I do that it, you know, you go past it. Yeah. Because uh, like you get taught when you're younger that it's just purely hard work. Mm. Just all you gotta do is you work hard and you will be, you will be as good as, as big as you wanna be. It's, it's a bit more complicated than that. For sure. It is much, it's a bit more, like put it this way. Okay, so you look at bloke and and people go, oh man, like, you know, last five years or X years or whatever, the fact that you build this up. But when you really look at it, you go, well, hang on a sec. If I wasn't an NRL player, bloke doesn't work. Mm. Like it's, that's a fact. And some people see that as a negative of like, yeah, well, it only works as an NRL player. That's not true. But so then people go, then you sit there and go, well, okay. So this, this whole bloke network or whatever, it's not five years in the making, it's 36 years in the yeah. making because all that work to become an NRL player and have the tag of NRL player, that's adding to the reasons why bloke is successful. Now you could still be successful as a person that hasn't played NRL talking about rugby league. Like you look at the Rue, mm. you look at Timmy, mm. um, but it takes way longer. And also, you know, there could be an argument that you could, you'll never be as big as the guy that's played NRL because of that tag of, or oh, he's played NRL, he knows what he's talking about. But it's just not true. Like, just because I've played NRL does not mean I know what I'm talking about. There are plenty of NRL players out there that are terrible. <laughs> they don't know shit. Like, yeah. or they do know shit, they just don't know how to articulate, to articulate it. And there's plenty of non-NRL players out there that have a really good understanding of the game. Um, and so, yeah, bloke is not just a five-year journey. 
yeah. it's a it's a 36 year journey of everything culminating to where it is today uh so yeah that the yeah, two billion i mean how smart it's genius yeah it's it's, it's, it's proper it's, genius it's proper genius um and I'd, I'd love to hear his stories. Like, did he start from nothing? If he did, could you imagine? Like, imagine that. Like, you look at a guy yeah. like Zuckerberg or whatever. And look, I even know if you go back far enough in Elon Musk's history, his parents, I think, actually were quite wealthy. Um, but like, even a guy like Zuckerberg, he was going to one of the best schools. Yeah, he was going to Harvard. He was going to Harvard. Yeah. You know, so to find truly something from nothing that big, it's, it's rare. It's it can happen. But usually you'll go back a bit and you'll be like, okay. Now, it doesn't mean that they didn't work hard. It doesn't mean that they weren't geniuses. None of that. It just means that they had a little bit of extra help where maybe a lot of other people weren't. That's what's so beautiful about sport, in my opinion, is that we have these men and women, but I'll just say guys for now because I know the stories of the guys, that are truly from nothing. Yeah. And so they, they're truly from a, a poor area or even just a, just a middle class. Because like middle class is, is essentially nothing because all they're paying for is your... It's not like they've got connections to get you into the first grade side. Anyway, and then they go on, they play NRL, they hopefully save enough money, and then they use that money to build their own businesses or, or become well off. Like that's truly from nothing. Yeah. You know, whereas if, you know, you're a kid that had rich parents that got you into the best schools, that then got you into the best universities, that then got you interned at the best companies, even though they still worked hard, those connections gave them a little bit yeah. of a head start at each, case, yeah, each point. Yeah, working hard gets you opportunities, but and everyone can work the same amount of hardness and get the same opportunities, but the opportunities that we're just given are unfair. Well, and look, put it this way, like, okay, so now I'm not saying, oh, like, they got it wrong or, or whatever and they should have known, because of course they shouldn't have known. They, they, they didn't know. But I went, I went to Fox and Nine years and years ago when I first started and was like, you know, I, I was willing to work for 50 grand a year mm. and they, they were just not interested. Like I couldn't even get emails back. Um, <laughs> and again, that's not to have a dig at them. Like, oh, how dare they or whatever. They, they don't know. Yeah. But what I'm saying is, is that maybe if I had have known someone to, to put that word in and say, no, Denon's actually really good at what he does. Sure. Maybe I could have got a gig there. Yeah. Um, and so, because I guess, you know, the proofs that like clearly go, I'm all right at this stuff, like content and media or whatever. And so I couldn't get a crack. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, 100%. Um, whereas a, a person that may know the right people, yeah. but be less, I guess, talented at this, gets the crack they the because they know in. the right people. So, and, and what's funny about it is, is that, so I sit here and say, I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not making a commentary on whether that's good or bad because, okay, put yourself in my shoes. Let's say I keep working really hard and bloke hopefully keeps growing and then my son grows up. Do I not? use the connections that I built through hard work to help my son out, my own family. Mm. Maybe, maybe, maybe not. Yeah. You, you know what I mean? Like what? So, okay, like let's say my son's going to uni and his score is, I don't know, it can get him in a mid-range uni, but there's a university dean or whatever that's like, <laughs> you know, Denon, like, you know, I love your stuff yeah. and you're a legend, blah, 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 or whatever. Would I rob my kid of that opportunity of not. To, to prove a point? Yeah. Sure, like I mean, I, I shouldn't say. Of course well, not. I'm not speaking. I don't you, know what like, the answer is. I wouldn't put it that way. Well, what, what I'm saying is, I don't know what the answer is. Yeah, I'm I'm very much of the mind at the moment that I want him to. I will give him the opportunity. In he will get good schooling that will be paid for. He will get good opportunities. Yeah. At the moment, I don't want to give him any leg up. Mm. But 
when you see your kid hurting or you see your kid struggling or, you know, it's a doggy dog world and he's just struggling to get that opportunity that that's why like, you know, with look, and I'm not saying that I made their careers at all. These guys were already talented, successful, but that's what gives me so much joy in giving opportunities to like Rue, giving opportunities yeah. to Timmy, to Hello Sport is because, and as, as I said, guys, these guys were already talented, already successful, just, just a, a little helping hand or whatever, yep. because I didn't get that. Mm. You know, I didn't get a helping hand. Like no one, you know, come to me and said, come on my show and, you know, it'll give you yeah, all these exposure will be given to you. So it gives me, it makes me happy that at the start, obviously both of them, all of them that I just mentioned have run off and done their own thing and they got an opportunity because of their talent. Yeah. Um, but it, it's good to be able to help out and yeah, give course. a little bit of a helping hand to people that are talented. You can see the talent and you, you've been in that position where you're going like, I feel like I'm decent at this, but yeah. no one's giving me a crack, man. Mm. No one's giving me a, just give me a shot. <laughs> just give me a shot. I was literally willing to be paid 50 grand a year. <laughs> so minimum, which is fine. This is, and like, I couldn't get nothing. Nothing, yeah. Um, I remember I went in a meeting with one person, one pl place, I won't say who. Anyway, so went in there and, um, I was really excited like i'm like oh my god they're giving me a meeting like there's going to be a huge opportunity here and oh man and like you know you're talking to your family and you're going to see this huge you know whatever anyway so i get in there and um we talk we're talking and i give him all my ideas like i'm like boom this is the this is what you need to this not you need to do but yeah. this is the idea and these are the platforms and this is the direction and right anyway so i'm done this huge spiel huge spiel just like feeling like as i said i feel like i'm pretty good at this so i'm feeling like this is real good insight he like ends it and basically looked blank and was like oh sorry we were just wondering whether you wanted to put your podcast on our platform for free <laughs> oh, 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 oh no and i was like back. <laughs> oh i'd flown all the way down from oh, queensland no. for it yeah yeah oh. and i was like oh shit um okay well obviously not doing that for free yeah um and remember there's this other time where and this wasn't in any of the big networks or whatever i remember he i think he was a he was in the media maybe high up anyway so through a friend they organized me to catch up with him because obviously this is like six seven years ago i'm aspiring in the in the the, the, the space i guess mm. anyway so we sit down we have a meeting at this office and he's like, oh, you know, so what do you want to do? I was like, you know, I've got this podcast and interview players and this is before anyone knew what podcasts were. Yeah. Anyway, I basically said, I said, look, I want to be like an online version of like Fox Sports or Nine, like an online version of that. He literally laughed in my face <laughs> and said that will never happen. Oh <laughs> um, my God. You know, and it, and I was like, oh. I know hindsight's beautiful, but like, it's funny looking back. Oh man. <laughs> He literally laughed him like not. I'm not even. There's no GST on this story. He, he laughed. laughed. I still remember the 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 backdrop, the way the room, the kind of feeling of it. And he laughed. He said that'll never happen. Now I'm not saying I'm you know Fox Sports or Nine or anything, but you know we we do pretty good numbers. Yes, we do. Um, so yeah, like <laughs> I don't know how we went down this fucking rabbit hole. But. Some Vegas sphere opportunity. Yeah. <laughs> and, and and to be clear, I don't know where I land on all this. Like, I, it's just me describing the grey nature of but like, success. But like, so I got my job at New South Wales because mm. my dad worked with the dad of Cameron McGuinness. Mm. So 
like such a random thing. Mm. And Cameron McGuinness was just starting for South mm. and then randomly got talking to his manager. So then his manager, Steve Gillis, got me the job at New South Wales. And that and from there, I ended up here. No way. So my dad technically gave me an opportunity. Obviously, I took it with both hands and yeah, ran with yeah. it. But like, I didn't, if I didn't have that, I wouldn't be here. Yeah, yeah. So like, I don't, I think it's, as long as, as long as it's not, like, I'm not saying, oh, given million dollar loans, yeah. but given small opportunities here and there and then putting it on you to take it. Yeah, for sure. And that's what I mean. Like people might go, oh, it's, it's, it's who you know, but it's like, yeah, I guess. But like, where does that end then? It's like, yeah. what, so everyone just has to walk in as a full, like you on your resume, it's not even your name. It's just a number or something. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. it's like, I guess. Uh, and the thing with like, you know, if you, if you're, because we're humans, we need others to vouch for us. And so if you get vouched for, it's much safer to take someone on because you know someone that knows someone sure. and you're like well i know he's so um it's something i i growing up i feel like when i come into league is probably i i didn't have that so i think that i, I like coming into league you got to imagine everyone knows everyone so like everyone knows everyone this guy's been good since under 16s this yeah. coach knows this coach and this junior plays here and so coming into league knowing no one it was i looking back i wish i had have known had someone that knew the fucking ropes mm. i didn't know anything anything about it um but yes yeah, so i don't know what the answer is and people always go oh mate congratulations well, not always but when people say oh congratulations on your success and i always yep. say man i'm so lucky and they go oh no nah, mate you worked hard and i'm like no like i'm lucky because if you take it all the way back it's like i was lucky to be born with the parents that i had mm. i was lucky to be born in the country i had i was lucky to be born you know with decent ability to play sport you know all of these things that i have no control over like yep. what if i was born in africa in yep. a third world country that has no resources and no opportunities mm. and so and people go oh yeah but you worked hard yeah true but like man i've been out in above ground mines i've been out in shutdown in terminals where it's 70 hour shutdown the coal terminal in port kembla like you got when you get home you are covered in coal so i've been out there and i've seen blokes that work and and sheilas that work 67 hours a week uh, yeah. 60 to 70 hours a week plenty of people work hard a lot of people work hard yeah, so that's yeah. not the ingredient you know what i'm saying yeah like that's not the ingredient of course of course you have to work hard and of course that's a good thing and yes i've worked really hard and i've sacrificed i think it's not the, the, the difference is usually it's not actually the work hard it's what are you willing to sacrifice mm. that's that's what is the differentiate like the differentiator anyway the difference <laughs> yeah between some people is like what are you willing to sacrifice to get to where you need to go like even little things when you like look at my relationship when i met my wife i said to her that you know if you want to live an uncommon life you've got to be willing to do uncommon things and one of those things is when there's a rugby league game on i'm watching it <laughs> yeah sounds funny but it's it's absolutely a fair thing yeah because when we're out at the fucking most hectic restaurant in france yeah and i've got my phone out watching the game that's the commitment it takes yep. to hopefully have the best sports podcast in the country and so she was aware of that when we met and she was aware that that's something that she's got a cob until whenever while she's trying to have a nice dinner with her partner um and so little things like that they're the sacrifices that again it's a tiny thing it doesn't seem like a big deal but i tell you what when you've been in a relationship for fucking five years and your husband's watching the footy yep. on on um 
on anniversary nights or whatever. So it's, it's what you're willing to sacrifice, I think. And also sometimes the sacrifices aren't worth it. You look at some rich people, they're fucking depressed as yeah, shit. For sure. Like, so it's, it's not necessarily a good thing. Sometimes some, some, some rich people like live in their office a, maybe they're working up but more likely because they're so depressed that their life. There are so many rich people that that's why I always think there's a certain number where I go, boom, that's enough for me to sell Yep. Um, and just do the podcast because I would always do the podcast because I enjoy that. There's a certain number where I'd go, boom, because I like you get to a point where the money controls you then. Yep. It, it, you think it frees you, but you don't need $100 million to free you. You oh, don't it, even need fucking... You need like maybe 10 million to retire for the rest of your life. Yeah. Maybe even less. If you're smart with your money and you keep working, like so for example, let's say some, five, someone put $5 million in your bank and then you kept doing the podcast. You're going to get paid to do the podcast. Like mm. you're not going to have to do it for free because you'll be getting sponsorships or whatever, merchandise yeah. drops. It's <clears throat> where it is. And so this, you get to a certain point where the money controls you. Mm. you you've got to worry about it. It's, it's, a, it's a liability. It's not even an asset anymore. Um, and so, yeah, I'm always them. Like, I, like material items have messed with people's heads. You, yep. re, as long as you, you don't have to worry about paying the bills, and you've got an okay house to live in, your kids can get educated, and you don't have to worry about them getting sick. That is a beautiful life. Yep. That is a all the other stuff. It's bullshit. It means nothing. Like, you can you walk into a nice home. Doesn't have to be a mansion. A nice home. The bill. Bills come out of your account automatically and it doesn't stress you out and your kids can have the best education in, um, you know, whatever. What else can you ask for? Exactly. Like seriously, outside of, you know, going on some holidays at some times, that's all you need for a, a good, fulfilling life. This extra like, I need fucking 10 houses and three Ferraris. Yeah. It's all it's bullshit. Nonsense. It means nothing. It means nothing. Mm. Now, don't get me wrong. You know, if you were to get one Ferrari because you're a car guy, or or that, or that's your passion. Yeah. Oh, that's that's of different. That's different. That's yeah. different. Like for example, I and I well, I don't really play anymore. I used to enjoy video games. So if my passion is, I'd love to buy you know big PCs. Like that's a little bit different. But just buying material items. Yeah, for the sake. For um for social status. Oh. Is a rat race. Because you will never be as big as the next guy. There's always a guy of higher social status because they've got more money than you. Yeah. So what's the point? What's the point? Just you know, put money into your passion, have enough money to live comfortably with your family. That is a great life to me. Yep. That's a great life. I'm with you. I'll go fuck myself. <laughs> Imagine what you could be buying instead. For free and confidential support, call the number on the screen or visit the website.